T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the show. Delighted that you are with us. We'll talk University of Miami basketball coming up with Hurricanes head coach Jim Laranega. Canes coming off another big win, 80-72 over North Carolina. Five straight wins now for the University of Miami. Another big one coming up on Saturday against Wake Forest with a 2 o'clock tip-off. We'll be on the air at 1.30 Miami and Wake Forest. Canes now with 12 wins inside the ACC. And joining us right now, Hurricanes head coach Jim Laranega. This Monday, a win against North Carolina on the road. I've kind of felt like you're in control of the game the whole time. Before we break the game down... When you get wins like that on national TV, what kind of positives do you get for your program? Well, I get a lot of texts (laughs) of people texting and congratulating us. The media is very, very positive. My coaches went out on the road recruiting today to let uh, guys know how excited we are about where we are as a basketball program and try to get their interest early in their careers. A lot of times now, Joe, we're reaching out to – Kids who are in the ninth and 10th and 11th grade because the recruiting for seniors is just about over. There's not many seniors left available. So we're going after the young, young guys in the high school ranks that are highly regarded. You know, um, before I hit you on last night's game and you mentioned recruiting, you know, young guys, ninth and 10th graders, uh, that's gotta be an inexact science, right? You don't have a crystal ball what if you're recruiting a guy who just stops growing? Or, I mean, ninth graders, 10th graders, they can, different things happen, right? Some guys hit a wall, some guys keep growing or their skills keep growing and developing. That's got to be one of the more inexact sciences. And that, that's for sure. You know, you see a, a lot of the, the players that are highly regarded in their freshman and sophomore year, you know, they don't improve. They, they kind of level off, and some of the guys who weren't that good as freshmen and sophomores really explode during the summer prior to their senior year. And uh, we've always been very fortunate to, to find uh, some diamonds in the rough, the kids who maybe went under the radar screen. Davon Reed comes to mind. He was ranked 166 coming out of high school. He's now with uh, the Los Angeles Lakers. Yeah. He played the first part of the season with the Denver Nuggets, who are in first place in the West. Now he gets traded to the Lakers with LeBron James, and uh, they're going to try to get get a, a playoff spot. So I, I think uh, the way players develop, Shane Larkin was ranked like 118th coming out of high school and ended up uh, being drafted in the first round, the 18th pick. The 18th pick. So you know, those are things we – 
we're proud of. We, we've been able to identify, my assistant coaches have been able to identify the guys that fit in well here. Well, you had a great win over Louisville uh, during the weekend and then go to North Carolina and beat the Tar Heels. Let's uh, tackle North Carolina first, 80-72. to 72. Uh, Nigel Pack goes for 20. Jordan Miller has an incredible game. Miller Magic, uh, take us through your thoughts on what you thought the keys were to winning and some of the adjustments you made to uh, help your team to the finish line. Well, the first thing, uh, Joe, I think you sat in on the meeting where I told the players, look, at there's three things we have to do immediately. We have to take away the five-second layup. We have to take away the five-second three. And we have to take away the, the five-second post-up because North Carolina is perhaps the best team in the country in, in creating opportunities very early in the shot clock within the first five seconds. So um, just these, these are stats that we put together after the game, and I'm, I'm going to share them with the team and let them know how proud I am because <coughs> they – they got the ball down the court and in position to score in the five-second layup five times. But they only got two. They only got two five-second layups in a 40-minute game. Wow. Uh, the five-second three, they only got one. And the five-second post-up, zero. So we did a great job in those three categories. Now, the one category we struggled with in the first half was trying to take away the paint. They drove the ball to the basket. They post up. They caught, and he scored at the rim. They scored 26 of their 34 points in the paint. And at halftime, I wouldn't say we made an adjustment. I'd say we made an emphasis that we weren't defending the paint as as strongly as we needed to. And in the second half, we did that. It forced them to shoot threes, and they ended up 5 to 31 from three. So – from a defensive standpoint, we had an outstanding game. Yeah, at one point, I think they were one for 16 from three-point range. Uh, you survived that first half, though, with Norchad being on the bench, and I thought uh, he really bothered Baycott in the second half with his strength. Well, I think that was a, a big reason. In the first half, um, Norchad picked up an early foul. It was definitely a foul. His second foul, though, I think if you if you looked at the tape, it looked like he got actually pushed into the offensive player. No one saw it. I didn't see it. Uh, and so they call a foul on, on uh, Norshad. So we felt <clears throat> we needed to protect him because if he picked up his third, that, that, that would be difficult for us. All right. So we took him out. He sat the rest of the half. And he ended up having a terrific defensive game. He wasn't able to score much at the offensive end. He only had one field goal, a nice left-handed jump hook. Uh, But when you you look overall, uh, he helps us because of his outstanding rebounding. And one of the biggest things for Carolina is rebounding, and we out-rebounded them 35-30. to Yep. You know, the, the other thing about Norchad, Coach, this goes back to the Louisville game. Going into the Louisville game, his uh, free free throw shooting was starting to fall off just a little bit. He was like 10 for his last 16 going into the Louisville game. And then after last night's game, uh, Louisville game and Carolina game back-to-back, he's made 12 of his last 14. 
Exactly. And he was the one that uh, Carolina chose to foul at the end of the game a couple of times. He went one for two the first time and then uh, two for two the second time to go three for four. You know, and against Louisville, they fouled him a bunch and he went nine for ten. So he's a good free throw shooter of the starting five. He's actually the worst one, but he's still a good free throw shooter. Several of our guys are, are in the 80s and having outstanding uh, free throw percentages. And even our guys off the bench, Harlan Beverly made some big free throws uh, in several games uh, against Duke. I, I think he made uh, like six or seven free throws. Uh, and uh, uh, Bensley Joseph is a good free throw shooter. So uh, free throw shooting is a big key to winning close games because if you're ahead and the opponent chooses to foul and you miss the free throw, that gives them a chance to get back in. You make the free throws like we did last night, you kind of close the door. Yeah, you're number, I think you're number two in the league in free free throw shooting. You mentioned Harlan Beverly. He's done so many uh, things well for you this year. But two years ago, I guess maybe it was the back, he was struggling at the free throw line. And this year, he's almost an 80% free throw shooter. What did you do to fix his free throw shooting? Yeah, actually, he is right now at 80%. Bensley Joseph, 70%. Woga Papa is our leading free throw shooter percentage wise. He's, he's yeah. at 88, Nigel 85, uh, Norshad 70, Jordan Miller 81, and Isaiah 83. And quite frankly, uh, the only thing we've done is we shoot free throws every day. We have a competition called the free throw ladder. And if you win, you move up on the ladder to the top. If you lose, you move down. And so. Uh, we haven't given uh, Harlan Beverly any different instruction. He's just healthier. His back is not bothering him. He's not in pain. And, of course, when you're free of pain, your your mind can concentrate and focus. When you have a lot of pain, it's very, very hard to focus. Uh, Jordan Miller, I told you this last night uh, after the game. I said, man, he can, he'll can he test your vocabulary because he comes up with so many different moves, and he's so patient. He outscored uh, – he was matched up with Puff Johnson and, and Nance, and he dominated that matchup 24-4. to He put on an incredible yeah. performance last night. And that, that was the key to the game, you know. When you have one player who's basically unstoppable and at the other end, he's stopping his matchup from getting double-figure points. And uh, Pete Nance and, and Puff Johnson, you know, they're instrumental in what Carolina is trying to do because they do a lot of high-low action for Armando Baycott. Uh, they do a lot of ball screening and then go to the high-low game. So... Jordan Miller is involved so much at both ends of the court, and he was terrific last night, but he's been terrific just about every game this season. Uh, Baycott had, going into last night's game, 16 double-doubles, including four straight double-doubles, was manhandling people, and uh, he did not reach a double-double last night. You got him in the foul trouble. No, he's, he's an outstanding player of the preseason conference player of the year we know that and and uh we had our hands full but what what happened in the first half 
is with Norshad in in foul trouble, uh, he was he was able to uh, kind of take advantage of Anthony Walker and uh, AJ Casey because they're uh, not quite as big and strong as Norshad. Um, but when it uh, in the second half with Norshad not in foul trouble, uh, he was able to guard him pretty well. And then plus we emphasized to the to the guards to get down there and dig it out. So with us swarming around him, he wasn't nearly as effective as he was in the first half. Uh, we've got uh, four four regular season games to go. Hard to believe uh, the marathon season's heading into the final uh, stretch run of the ACC. This is kind of the time of the year where uh, you'll start talking to your team about having fun, except this team just seems to have fun no matter what. They have great joy, it appears, playing with each other, and there just seems to be a sense of joy and fun with this squad, with the way they play. Well, certainly the uh, chemistry and the bond between the players. <clears throat> Sorry, Joy. <clears throat> That's all right. frog in my throat. Um <laughs> But the bond between these players is very strong and has been that way since the summer. The summertime, the guys came together, played pickup ball. Isaiah Wong and Nigel Pack hit it right off. They love to play. They're always in the gym. Nigel and Norshad, the two transfers, they room together, and they've become like brothers. They do everything together. And then our four freshmen have added a lot of energy and enthusiasm and great effort in practice. So even though they don't get a lot of playing time, they're certainly major contributors to our success. In uh, the last two years in uh, ACC regular season games, you're 3-1 and one against North Carolina and Duke. Uh, on your watch, Miami is 8-10 and 10 now against North Carolina, 7-8 uh, and eight in ACC play, 4-4 four and four at the Dean Dome against... Uh, Carolina and Duke, you are 16 and 19, including 15 and 16 in ACC play with seven wins on the road. And prior to that, the University of Miami was just four and 31 against those uh, against the Blue Bloods, and you're 27 and 10 in your last 37 ACC games now. Yeah, that 27 and 10 represents the best record of any ACC team. It's us, then Virginia, then Duke, then Carolina, the top four. Uh, but we lead the pack, and I don't know how many of the experts would, would know that yeah. uh, or predicted that. How is Miami going to compete in the ACC? Well, our guys have proven we can compete with the best teams in the country. And, and I should mention, uh, the guys, while they're having fun playing uh, – I think you're having a great time coaching these guys. Well, the thing I enjoy so much is practice, Joe. And these guys are doing a great job of showing up every day and practicing hard and preparing well. Uh, I had a little quiz. Were you there when I quizzed them on on uh, Sunday night at the team dinner? We yes. We met with them and showed some video, and I quizzed them. Were you there? Yes. Yeah, in the back. So... so I, I, you know, I wanted to know from the player's point of view, are you mentally prepared to play against Carolina? I asked how many of you guys know and can name Carolina's starting five. Now, you would think the players would know that. 
Carolina's on TV all the time. They're in our league. They they uh, went to the national championship game last year, only missing one starter from last year's team. And quite frankly, only like two or three hands went up. A lot of the guys don't know. They, they don't really watch the games like a coach does. Right. And, and then I asked them, hey, who are their three leading scorers? Now, I think they basically all knew that. And uh, I asked them a few other questions, and some guys raised their hand immediately, and some guys said, nah, I just don't know. The thing about that is, Joe, the mental side of the game is so important because when we're preparing, we're showing them, hey, these are their top plays. These are their top players. This is how we have to defend them in order for, for us to succeed. So um, we, we, need, we need our guys to be mentally sharp. Uh, and even though they weren't on, on Sunday night able to answer all the questions, uh, certainly Monday night in, under game conditions, they were able to execute the game plan. Yeah, they executed beautifully. I, I I do wonder. I think I, maybe you and I have talked about this a little bit uh, because I think you see that uh, in sports today with with uh, the the young with the college kids and maybe you know in the youth level where maybe they're not the students of the game like they were before, and because now they play so many games at the high school level and the AAU level or maybe football seven and seven, the games come at them so fast. And sometimes I wonder if they're students of the game or if sports becomes something that they play rather than study. Yeah. It's interesting. You say that, um, you know, I, I've I've been enjoying following our team on Instagram. Yeah, there's a lot of photos and videos of our players, and I bring that up because on Instagram they have a lot of different uh, subjects that I like, and I guess it's because I click on those. So I, I sent a a video clip of of a play that the Miami Heat ran and sent it to my coaches and said, hey, we should put this in, all right? So the coaches are looking at things uh, and, and trying to figure out how we can improve. Do the players really learn the game that way where they understand, hey, this play might work for us, or if the opponent is running a play, this is how we stop it. And uh, I have three grandsons who are all learning the game and I'm actually uh, texting each of them videos to study and learn from. I sent Wooga Poplar a video of Kobe Bryant shooting pull-up jump shots. And last night, with about two minutes to go, uh, we ran a play for Isaiah Wong, and he skipped it over to uh, Wooga Poplar, who shot fake, took one dribble, and hit a pull-up jump shot. And he looked like Kobe Bryant. So hopefully he's learning from those videos. And I hope all our players are learning from the videos I send them. Yeah, I think that's how they learn. But I think fans sometimes get it mixed up and they think players are, uh, players are heavily invested. And they are heavily invested in, in their games and in their schools and, and all that. Um, but I don't know that 
they uh, approach it maybe the way every fan thinks because they have so many demands. We got back late last night and they had to go to class at 8 a.m. And and we're in an era where, where, where kids want to be social and be around other kids and they want to get education and um, there are only so many hours in the day. Well, um, if a fan had a, had the, the schedule that our players have, they'd be very surprised and be worn out. Yeah. Because even on just a normal week, the guys are getting up early, eating breakfast, getting to the weight room, lifting weights for an hour, right? then going to class all day, then getting to the training room for treatment, then coming to the practice facility for practice, and then having to get either to class or to a tutor and then to dinner. They're not really done with their schedule, their daily schedule, till about 9 or 10 o'clock at night. And they that is exhausting, and they do it day after day, week after week, month after month. And we're already now in February. It's February 14th, Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day, everybody. My Valentine uh, is my wife, and uh, she was on the trip. And her Valentine's present, I told her, was us beating Carolina. <laughs> but but you don't stop coaching because you, you quizzed your – your assistants last night to make sure that they were ready for Valentine's Day. Yeah, I quizzed them on what are you giving your wife for Valentine's? <laughs> Don't forget. But here's here's the thing: the players' schedules is very very demanding. We're already in February. We basically started in July. We went from around July fourth to August fourth, a month. Then we took from August fourth to to Labor Day weekend, and then September. October, November, December, January, six months. February is the sixth month of practicing and playing. Uh, Our practices right now, I think we're at our 77th practice. So a lot of work goes into it, Joe. We gave the players off today, and we're giving them off tomorrow. We want them to rest and recover because we got a huge game. Saturday, Mm -hmm. Wake Forest a team that leads the league in tempo. They're the fastest team in the conference right now. And they've got a player named Tyree Appleby. And he is a one-man show. Yeah, Joe, you, you saw what yeah. uh, L. Ellis did on, on Saturday? Right. Yeah. Well, Tyree Appleby is L. Ellis on steroids. <laughs> oh. He, he is he is a high-octane, unbelievable scorer. He's the leading scorer in the ACC. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back and talk more about that Wake Forest matchup coming up on Saturday. Also look back at, at uh, Louisville as well and also uh, wrap up our discussion on North Carolina. Miami a winner at North Carolina, 80-72. to Wake Forest on Saturday, 2 o'clock at the Watsco Center. be great to have a uh, sellout crowd for that one. Let me talk to you for a moment. We'll come back to uh, Coach Yell in a minute. Let me talk to you about uh, Williamson Buick GMC, and you can get the most out of the South Florida lifestyle right now in a new GMC from Williamson. New GMC vehicles are arriving every single day at Williamson, like the new GMC Yukon. How about the new Yukon? Plenty of room for the entire family. The new Yukon allows you to ride in 
in style and comfort while making a bold statement wherever you go throughout South Florida. Or you might want to cover work and play with the new GMC Canyon or the Sierra. These two trucks feature bold styling, the latest technology, all with the toughness to get the job done. To get your new GMC, visit Williamson's beautiful facility, which is easy to find on US-1 and 104th Street, just south of the Palmetto. Ed Williamson is there every day with his lovely wife, Carol. Nobody, I mean nobody, does customer service better than Ed Williamson. Also, you can go online at williamsonautomotivegroup.com and check out all the new Yukons, Canyons, or Sierras. Get the most out of the South Florida lifestyle. Experience car buying like never before from your premier GMC dealership Williamson Buick GMC we are professional grade we really need new phones T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s and each line is only $25 a month new iPhone 15s it's better over here. only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for 25 bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Okay, welcome back to the show. Miami and Wake Forest on Saturday, 2 o'clock at the Wasco Center. Visiting with University of Miami head coach Jim Laranega for a couple more minutes. A shortened version of the show tonight. Uh, we'll put a bow tie on North Carolina this way. Coach, every time Carolina seemed to maybe try to, well, I guess the, their last lead was 30, uh, 32-31 or something like that, near the end of the half. At any rate, my point would be this. Every time they try to make a push, you had the answer, and I think a lot of those answers that uh, were, big, were big buckets by Nigel Pack. Yeah, uh, Nigel Pack and Jordan Miller delivered yeah. in a big time way. Jordan at twenty four. <coughs> Sorry, Joe. Uh, Nigel at twenty three, and they both made big shots sporadically throughout the game. And it takes really a total team effort that we got in the second half from uh, Norshad O'Meara was great. Uh, Isaiah Wong. Although he didn't score as much as he, he normally does, he was still very, very solid throughout. Wilga Popla had some key baskets and some very good defense. Uh, the guys off the bench, uh, you know, Bensley's Joseph has been playing great defense. Harlan Beverly as well. And uh, I thought Anthony Walker did a good job. And A.J. Casey did a good job of trying mm-hmm. to contain and make Orlando uh, Armando Baycott work hard and they did and to the point where uh in the second half Armando Baycott ended up fouling out right. so uh it was a great win great great um road win for us and uh but we've got Wake Forest coming up we got to put the Carolina game behind us quickly 
Yeah, and then uh, real quick before we jump into Wake Forest, I thought Saturday's win against Louisville uh, was a really gritty win on your team's part. Probably one of those kind of games that you're going to get in the postseason. Postseason, they say, survive in advance. And Louisville tested you, and your guys just kept digging deeper and deeper and found a way to win that game. Well, Ellis was tremendous. He had 33 points. Uh, We had a very hard time guarding him. We made him work for every basket. It wasn't like he got easy shots. We contested his threes. He still made them. And they are so big. Joe, I mean, those big, long athletes at Louisville are very, very hard on us because they, they, they can get easy baskets right near the rim. The thing I told the coaches during timeouts is, hey, we got to keep scoring. We're having a hard time stopping these guys, so we got to keep scoring ourselves, and we did. What did we end up? We end up with 90 or 92? What was the yeah, final? I think it was, you had 92 points or something like that in that game. 92, yeah, so, 83 perhaps? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, in a game like that, you just, just got to keep scoring yourself because you're having a hard time stopping the opponent. Okay, you mentioned uh, Wake Forest. They come to town on Saturday, and they will have a whole week off. Their last game was a 71-70 victory over Georgia Tech. They've won three in a row. They've been kind of topsy-turvy. They won four in a row. Then they lost four in a row. Now they've won three in a row. And you mentioned Applebee's averaging almost 19 a game. Monsanto's been a great three-point shooter for them. They've got four players in double figures uh, 17 wins overall this season, 9-6 and six in conference play. They were left out last year, so they're going to come in with a chip on their shoulder. They know what they're playing for. Yeah, that's for sure. Appleby, the leading scorer in the league, is a, a, a one-man scoring machine. But he has helped. Monsanto can really shoot. Hildreth is having a great season. Carr is very, very big at 6'10 at the forward spot. Uh, Williamson comes in off the bench now. He helps them. Marsh, Clintman, and Bradford are huge, big, big guys. Uh, Marsh and Bradford in particular are are just big human beings, 7 foot, 6'11", 250 or 60 pounds, and they're going to be a handful for us. You know, they're they're an up-tempo team. Uh, They score a lot of points. And uh, it, it is going to be an up-tempo, high-scoring affair. They're, they're in the top 50 in scoring. Uh, they're, they're a big team that can score in around the rim. But with, with Tyree Appleby and some of their uh, – with Monsanto, they can really shoot the three as well. Now, Monsanto has taken 199 three-point shots, and they average nine makes – from three-point range per game. Yeah, and and the the, uh, the big key is how do you guard the three-point shot while also trying to take away the big guys inside? You know, it's a very tough challenge for our guys. Uh, I've said it before, and everybody understands. Last year we played small ball. This year we're playing smaller ball. I mean, no shadow mirrors. Is only six seven, and he's often matched up against uh, a seven footer, and not a seven footer who's skinny, someone who's big and strong and athletic. So uh, these games really challenging, and a lot of them come down to the last two or three minutes. Uh, speaking of Norchad, 
he is a real, real problem for the opposition. Even though he's six seven, he is. He's tough to move. He had, he had a couple of rebounds last night. He just goes in traffic, and he's so strong. He he he's able to, and he's got great hands, doesn't he? The uh, when when he goes to get the ball, his hands are really strong. That is absolutely the truth. And he goes with two hands. A lot of players yeah. try to rebound with one hand. They bring the ball from one hand to the other instead of nailing the ball with two hands at the same time. Norshad has great jumping ability. He has great strength. He uses, he uses both hands, and he pursues the ball relentlessly. And uh, when you do that, you know, a couple of things happen. Number one, you get a lot of rebounds. But number two, you put yourself in a position where you might get some over-the-back calls. I think one of the things we are grateful for and hopefully will continue is Norshad really hasn't fouled out of any games. Oh, he's been able to keep himself on the court. I think he fouled out of uh, one game. Where was that? At Georgia Tech, and we ended up losing the game. Yeah, that was in the final four minutes. You're right. Uh, before we let you go, um, we should remind our fans of, again, how big this game is on Saturday. You're basically right now percentage points out of first place. You have 12 wins, uh, one game in hand, 12-4. and four. Pitt and Virginia at 11-3. Uh, we've got four games to go. Uh, and so with four games left in the ACC regular season, you once again, and you have Miami on a five-game winning streak, you once again have the Hurricanes uh, with a chance here uh, to win this marathon, to win the, the, the league championship. And if not, uh, get, a, get a double bye. Well, if we were to, to, to tie with, let's say, Virginia, we'd get the number one seed because we beat them. We've lost to Pitt. If we were to tie with Pitt, we've lost to them, but we've got them coming to our place. So if we were fortunate enough to beat them and we were one and one, we would still get the, the tiebreaker because of our win over Virginia. So this race is very tight, and it includes Clemson, and you got to kind of throw in NC State there. Yeah. But those teams are all within a game or two of first place. And with four or five, in their case, six games to play. Virginia's 11-3. and three. They've got six games to play. So does Pittsburgh. So does Clemson. We played four games in the month of December, league games in December. That's why we only have four games remaining. Yeah, Pittsburgh, uh, they've got three at home, three on the road. Their road games are Virginia Tech, Notre Dame, and Miami. That might be Mike Bray's last home game, by the way. That would be a very emotional oh, yeah. time. I'm not sure if it is, but it might be. And uh, that would be a very emotional game for Notre Dame. And I think all these games now, the players realize what's at stake. They're all going to play very hard and play as well as they can. Um, how you match up with an opponent will, will be key. Yeah. All right, Coach. Uh, it's Valentine's Day night. I'll let you uh, have some time with Mrs. L, who's an MVP for all of us. And uh, congratulations on another great win, uh, five in a row. And we'll try to make it six on Saturday against Wake Forest. All right, Joe, thanks so much, and happy Valentine's Day to all the lovely young ladies that listen to your 
Hurricane Hotline show. <laughs> All right, Coach. Thank you. University of Miami head coach Jim Laranega joining us. We'll come back. And uh, when we do, we're going to talk baseball. It's opening night on Friday night. Miami uh, Hurricanes baseball is back Friday, Saturday, and Sunday this week. 7 o'clock, 7 o'clock, and 1 o'clock in the afternoon on Sunday. Zach Levinson, Hurricanes outfielder, joins us next right here on the Hurricane Hotline. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.